Hello everyone, I'm Rob Wolf, and welcome to episode number 34 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's quirky history, as every player who dons the orange and blue is, in their own way, unformidable. The Super Bowl is upon us, baseball fans, Met fans, you know what that means. The corner is turning, and it is almost officially baseball season, or that's mostly what it means to be. Not that baseball season ever ends in our hearts, um, especially here in New York. I have a friend from Chicago, big basketball guy, and just always laments when he wants to talk about basketball or football, and my friends and I are all talking about the free agent rumors, and he's like, don't you people ever stop talking about baseball? No, we don't. That's why we're here. My love for football has waned a bit over the years, but it's hard not to enjoy the spectacle and the de facto holiday that is Super Bowl Sunday. And who to root for this year? It's a bit complicated for me personally. I have in-laws out in Missouri, lovely people, but you know, some of them were a bit happier than I'd like around 2015 time. And Sometimes hearing the city, Kansas City, might bring up some unpleasant memories for us here in Metland. But of course, I always hated the Joe Montana 49ers as a young kid. Kind of reflexively hate every sports dynasty or dynasties in general. Even the show dynasty, I really preferred Dallas as a kid, but I digress. I don't really know who to root for, but if you're coming, so if you're going to come from 100% Met fan perspective, you surely know that there's only one team, really one person to root for in this Super Bowl, if you've been paying attention to the social medias, and that is the dynamic young man occasionally seen rocking a classic Mets 23 jersey in his post-game press conferences, honoring his dad's tenure with the amazing Mets. That, of course, is last year's NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes man of class and taste, I will note also to all of you people who refer to the late 90s Mets as the black jersey era that Patrick rocks the classic gray 23, at least in the images I've seen. You know, the Mets didn't exclusively wear black in that era. It was just an alternate color then. But what better time than now for Unformidable to look back at the time when the young three, four-year-old future NFL MVP was often spotted in the Mets clubhouse or spotted shagging flies in the Shea Stadium outfield with his dad, pitcher Pat Mahomes. Patrick LaVon Mahomes Sr. was born August 9, 1970, in Bryan, Texas. Mahomes was always described as an excellent athlete by his Met manager, Bobby Valentine, and his background certainly proves it. He attended Lindale High School, Lindale, Texas, where he played varsity baseball, basketball, and football, and in fact didn't even begin pitching in baseball until his senior year of high school. He had scholarship offers to play college basketball and football, but turned them down, signing a letter of intent to play college baseball at Arkansas. However, the Twins tabbed him in the sixth round of the 1988 Major League Baseball draft, and Mahomes decided to forego that college scholarship to begin a professional career in baseball. The athletic Mahomes shot through the Twins minor league system. At the age of 20, 
uh, prior to the 1992 season. He was named Baseball America's number 25 prospect after posting a 2.32 ERA and striking out 177 in 171 and a third combined innings between double and triple A. The numbers were a bit more pedestrian after his call up to triple A, which was perhaps an early, you know, obviously. I think probably just interpreted as a sign that he was adjusting to a new level as a young player, but perhaps that was an early sign that he wasn't quite ready or that he'd ultimately be more of a swingman, serviceable major league pitcher than the potential star that his background and his prospect ranking seemed to augur. And the young prospect would make the defending major league champion Twins roster to start the 1992 season. Uh, earning a spot as the fifth starter, making his major league debut on April 12th, 1992, and going six innings, earning a no decision. He allowed three runs on only two hits, but he walked five in that debut start. Mahomes would win his next two starts and pitch well, getting off to a good start in his career, but he then struggled over the ensuing eight starts and also one relief appearance to the tune of a 5.23 ERA, and he got sent down to AAA, not returning to the big league roster until rosters expanded in September of 92. 93 was a bit of a redo for Mahomes. He made the opening day roster, but struggled worse than the previous season, getting sent down in June and not returning back up in the 93 season after that. And again, perhaps in a little sign of things to come, he did fare better in relief than as a starter in 1993, making seven relief appearances that season versus five starts for the Twins. 1994 would mark Mahomes' best season, at least until coming to the Mets, and at least by traditional metrics, as he went 9-5 and five in 21 starts for the Twins. My memories of Mahomes, as, as we'll get to in the Met portion of the pod, are as a tough, gritty, quality pitcher, not always with the best stuff, but someone who would battle basically every cliche you could possibly think of. And that 94 season with the Twins either exemplified that and or he just sprinkled magical fairy dust as he defied all statistical likelihood with that 9-5 record and 4.73 ERA. Well, he actually recorded a FIP of 6.21, allowing 62 walks and 53 strikeouts over his 120 innings pitched. So that is someone who, by luck or skill, got out of a lot of trouble that year, I would wager. That 94 season, he also made 21 appearances, all of them starts, which is the only time in his career he did that. And in fact, after that 94 season, Mahomes really transitioned into that swingman slash long relief role that Met fans might remember him for 47 appearances, seven starts in 1995, 31 appearances, five starts in 1996, and so forth. In August of 96, the Twins traded him to the Red Sox for a player to be named later. Mahomes struggled badly with Boston in 96 and uh, not finding any offers to his liking, or perhaps no offers at all, he went to play in the Japanese leagues in 1997 and 1998. Mahomes actually didn't pitch particularly well in the Japanese leagues in 97 and 98, so this wasn't an Eric Thames under the radar, could be a brilliant move, just one of those small moves every team makes in the offseason, 
but they often get microanalyzed for the myths, I feel, as marks of how cheap they are. But And of course, Bobby Valentine had been in Japan, I, I, so you know that, that was always mentioned whenever Japanese players were posting or coming over or a player was coming back. At any rate, I, I imagine when the Mets signed Pat Mahomes, if I even noticed it, I probably bitched that the Mets were being cheap, although they back then they were at least spending that sweet fate made off money but i'm sure i bitched that they're being cheap or maybe i bitched that they're just being stupid because that never goes out of style it seems in met management i mean most met under the radar slash minor league signings turn out to be more you know brad emus than r.a dickey and of course patrick mahomes was no r.a dickey praise dickey and as you may have gleaned earlier, he's not going to be heralded as being better than we ever appreciated by advanced metrics. He had a career 1.594 whip and a 1.15 strikeout to walk ratio. So no one in the Sabre community is going to tell us how uh, underappreciated he was in his time. But imagine my surprise when Patrick Mahomes turned into one of the more trusted relievers on a 1999 team that often lived and died with his bullpen. That 99 season, he felt like a good luck charm slash gamer. Uh, don't believe me? Just ask the inimitable Bobby Valentine, who in a recent interview said, I always felt I could count on Pat. He was one pitch short for a starter, but he's a perfect long man and a godsend for us. He could throw every day. He was a great athlete for a pitcher, a joy to have on a, on the team. His fastball was pretty straight, and it got caught a couple of times, but you always wanted someone on the mound who wasn't afraid, and Pat was never afraid in big games. I said good luck charm before, because as we'll discuss later, Mahomes recorded an 8-0 record in the 1999 season, and in my memory, it seemed like when he pitched, we won. Now, uh, you know, memory is not very reliable and looking up statistics for this podcast i saw the team's record in games that mahomes pitched in was actually 19 and 20 that year although again as a long man i think he came in in a lot of mop-up duty when starters were not did not go long and the mighty 99 offense didn't come back all the time so assuming that's bringing that record down but uh those uh you know, that record stood out, um, especially back then, when wins were regarded a bit more heavily. At any rate, that 99 season was quite a glorious one for Met fans, and Mahomes was a huge part of it, and uh, subtle, but, you know, in my mind, a very key part of it, and we're going to pleasantly reminisce about that right now. After starting the season in AAA Norfolk, Mahomes came up and made his season debut for the Mets on May 15th of 1999, and that game gave a just a perfect microcosm of Mahomes' season as a Met. Uh, the Mets fell into an early 6-0 hole against the Phillies in Philadelphia. Al Leiter struggled, didn't have it. The Mets' incredible offense that year pleaded five runs in the top of the fourth. Uh, Leiter was pinch hit for in that inning and Mahomes came in to relieve him in the bottom of the fourth pitching two and a third scoreless innings of relief the Mets uh, poked ahead with single runs in the 
fifth and sixth to go ahead seven six. It could have been more, except Mike Piazza ripped a line drive into a triple play to end the sixth inning with the bases loaded. But Wendell Cook, Benitez, and Franco closed it out, and Patrick Mahomes had the first of those eight wins he would record that year. And yes, I know all of baseball history, and especially Jacob deGrom lately, have taught us that the win is an overrated stat, but with the help of the you know best offensive team I've ever seen as a Met fan, Mahomes certainly earned a lot of his wins in that 99 season, pitching clutch relief, even if he, of course, needed the offense to help him get to those wins sometimes. Let's take a look at a couple of more memorable ones, especially in a season that we know it took the Mets 163 games to qualify for the playoffs, so really every victory did count that year. Before we get to October of 1999, one more random uh, delightful Mahomes game that I do remember quite well, and uh, perfect right now as seems like whispers never cease about the designated hitter coming to the National League. So nothing makes me happier than revisiting a game such as August 1st, 1999. Uh, this time, Al Leiter threw a gem, uh, going seven innings and striking out 15. Uh, but Armando Benitez blew that for him, allowing the Cubs to tie it up at four in the ninth, and the game meandered into extra innings at Wrigley Field. The teams traded runs in the 10th inning, and with two outs in the bottom of the 12th, Mahomes entered the game to get 60-homer, vintage-juicing Sammy Sosa to ground out to short to end the inning and send the game into the 13th. The Mets put two on with one out, and of course, Ray Ordonez popped out to short, and Patrick Mahomes came up after him, and really, you'd probably rather see Mahomes batting in that situation than Ray Ordonez, and he did indeed come through where Ordonez could not, driving in a go-ahead run with a two-out liner up the middle to give the Mets a 5-4 lead, and for good measure, Mahomes came out, pitched the bottom of the 13th, and sealed the Met victory. Screw you, DH. If I recall correctly, I think the Mets actually poked ahead of the vaunted Braves at one point in 99, and I had dreams of Mike Piazza winning the first uh, Met MVP award ever. But, you know, the Mets, the Braves overtook them. The Mets, of course, always struggled mightily head-to-head against them and struggled late in the year. And by the last weekend of the season, they are holding on by the skin of their teeth, uh, seemingly needing to win out. Uh, sweep a three-game series against the Pirates at Shea at the end of the season for some any hope of securing a wild-card berth and getting into the 99 playoffs. In a game they absolutely had to have in the series opener, uh, the game went into extra innings. The Mets had a 2-0 lead in the eighth, and Kenny Rogers, Turk Wendell, and John Franco could not hold it. The Mets gave up two runs that inning. John Franco should have given up the go-ahead run, one of the more memorable Met moments of my life. I was listening to the game on the radio, and Franco threw a 3-2 pitch to Adrian Brown uh, with the bases loaded, and I remember Gary Cohen pausing for quite a long time before announcing that John Franco had struck out Adrian Brown looking, and I remember my friend Rob saying to me, that was a ball. I bet that was a ball, and watching the highlights later and being like, oh yeah, if we had robot umpires, we would, at 1999, we probably lose that game and do not enjoy a joyous playoff run. Or maybe we would have rallied in the at 
anyway because we were that kind of offense that year. But the Mets didn't score in the 8th or the ninth. But the game went into extras, and to start the 10th inning, Bobby V called on his trusted Pat Mahomes, who worked around a leadoff single in the 10th, and then pitched a 1-2-3-11th, giving Robin Ventura a chance to make the mojo rise once again, delivering a walk-off single on the bottom of the 11th, giving them at the desperately needed win, and Mahomes his 8th win of the year against those aforementioned zero defeats. The Mets won more comfortably the next day, 7-0 behind a complete game, 12-strikeout shutout from Rick Reed. Something about Met pitchers and the penultimate game of the season. If only we, we just we don't haven't always mastered that final game of the season, and it's something I'd really like them to work on. So no need for Mahomes there, but then game 162, uh, the Mets needed a victory to force a play in game 163. Mahomes only came in for one batter, but it was a crucial one in a 1-1 game. Uh, it was There were two on and two outs in the top of the sixth, and Kevin Young, who had a really good year that year, kept to the plate, and Mahomes struck him out swinging on a 3-2 pitch uh, to preserve the tie, giving the Mets such, the rest of the bullpen a chance to hold it down, and the Mets a chance to sneak it out on a walk-off wild pitch in the bottom of the ninth inning. Mahomes, of course, was not needed in game 163, thanks to Al Leiter's masterpiece in that game, uh, nor much in the NLDS victory against the Arizona Diamondbacks. He made only one appearance, that in the team's lone loss in game two of that series. However, Mahomes would once again be called on in notable moments in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves. The Mets, of course, fell behind three games to none in that series. Mahomes made only one appearance in those first three games. Game one, where he bailed out Masato Yoshi in the fifth inning and left inherited runners stranded, but did allow a home run to fucking Eddie Perez that extended the Braves' lead to 3-1, which was the only run that he would actually give up in the National League Championship Series that year. Of course, he wouldn't appear again until a little game you might have heard referred to as the Grand Slam single game. And of course he pitched in that game, as he was one of nine Met pitchers to appear in the game. Mahomes came on with the game tied 2-2 two to two in the seventh inning, uh, coming in for Dennis Cook, who came on to finish an intentional walk, which was the only batter he officially faced as he was then pulled for Mahomes when... Brian Jordan pinch hit for Ryan Klesko, who Cook was really brought in to face. Mahomes did walk Brian Jordan to load the bases, but with the tension rising, Mahomes did what he did in 1999 and wriggled out of it, getting Andrew Jones to fly out to left, strand the bases loaded. Mahomes did start the eighth, and he left that inning with two on and two out when John Franco bailed him out, preserving that two-to-two tie. There actually be seven more innings spent in the steady, cool, shade drizzle on the first third base side box seats that I was sitting in before runs would be scored, for the Braves would go ahead 3-2 in the 15th, and Robin Ventura would send us all home deliriously happy. Which of course brought us to Game 6, when had the Mets completed an epic comeback from three games to none that no team had yet done in baseball history. I believe Pat Mahomes would likely be remembered as a bit of a folk hero in Met lore. Not quite the missed opportunity that 
Indy Chavez had the the prominent, if the Mets win that game, win that series, he's fetid and met lore forever. But Mahomes played a huge role in allowing the Mets a chance to get back in Game 6 of the NLCS. Because after nine pitchers went 15 innings in Game 5, if I remember only Al Leiter and Rick Reed, the Game 6 starter and the previous Game 4 night starter, I think they were the only two pitchers who didn't appear in that game for the Mets. The Mets were desperately in need of a strong start in Game 6, and unfortunately Al Leiter didn't have it that day, facing seven batters and retiring none. The Mets were down 4 nothing and down their starting pitcher. It seemed quite dire, but on came Patrick Mahomes in his familiar, now familiar, long relief spot. Runners on first and third, no one out, Mets down 4 to nothing. He surrendered a sacrifice fly to Brian Hunter and then induced a double play ground ball from Walt Weiss to get the Mets out of that disastrous first inning. In an interview recently, Mahomes recalled, as I walked off the mound, I was yelling at the dugout, I'm going to keep it right here. Just score some runs. I'm going to keep it right here. And the man was true to his word, throwing three more scoreless innings, four in total. In fact, I remember even with the Mets down 5 nothing, I, I remember questioning whether Bobby Valentine should have pinched it for him in the top of the fifth inning. So, so was he grooving. I think he only allowed a hit and a walk uh, over those four scoreless innings. And he really gave the team a chance that, by God, when Mike Piazza homered off of John Smoltz to tie that game at 7, I thought for sure they were going to seize. But it was not quite meant to be, and that 99 team's moment in the sun uh, will probably not really be forgotten by Met fans, but I, I feel like, unfortunately, Pat Mahomes' contribution wound up becoming a bit of a footnote, as incredible as it was, and as gutty as it was. Mahomes returned to the Mets the following year, and he did go 5-3, and three, but he struggled late in the 2000 season particularly in the last of five spot starts he made that season. He gave up 10 runs in four innings in a game in San Diego against the Padres. And so while he spent the whole year with the team, Mahomes and his 5.47 ERA for the season was omitted from the postseason roster, and he did not appear in the run to the World Series that year. For what it's worth, uh, Bobby V, who always seemed to be an outspoken supporter of Mahomes, uh, remembered recently that it was a close call. There were extensive conversations, and Valentine claims he was supportive of having Mahomes on the team. Um, and his success the previous season, eight postseason innings pitched, seven hits, three walks, four strikeouts, only two earned runs, uh, might have really spoken to uh, him meriting inclusion there in the 2000 postseason. But so it goes. And so went Mahomes's, the end of Mahomes' career with the Mets. He did not return to the Mets <clears throat> after 2000, and in fact wound up being quite a journeyman the rest of his career. He spent 2001 in Texas, 2002 in Chicago with the Cubs, and 2003 in Pittsburgh. When I was researching this article, I saw a couple of blurbs, or yeah, I think when I was reading articles about Patrick Mahomes II, 
see things that just said, oh, Pat Mahomes, his father retired from baseball after the 2003 season. It's actually not entirely accurate. Uh, Mahomes tried to stick around and was a member of seven, seven different organizations, including the Mets again, briefly in the 2005 offseason. But after 03, he never made it back to the show and either officially retired or just was never able to get another chance as a minor league free agent after the 2007 season. For his major league career, the talented Mahomes measured out at a 0.1 war, according to baseball reference. But if his time with the Mets is any measure, it's amazing how memorable just an league average type major league career can be. Uh, Mahomes was 42 and 39 for his career. Uh, his ERA was 5.47. He appeared in 308 games, including 63 starts, uh, recorded five saves, all of them before he came to the Mets. With the Mets, he equaled that. He had a 0.1 war, according to baseball reference, a 0.9 in that stellar 1999 season, but as noted, he struggled in 2000 and recorded a negative 0.8 war that season. But by more standard metrics, he was 13-3, and three, uh, th thanks in part to that 8-0 run in 99, had a 4.74 ERA, and his career best, at least at one major league stop, 94 ERA plus, uh, close to major league average. Certainly always be remembered for his flexibility, for that rubber arm, and true to Bobby V's evaluation of him being a great athlete, Mahomes, in 46 plate appearances, hit 256, uh, had a, had a th 622 OPS, not, not bad for a pitcher, and fielded his position incredibly well. In his post-baseball career, Mahomes seems most known for, well, being the former athlete dad of the National Football League's most electrifying player. There is no shortages of stories on Patrick Mahomes Sr., on Pat Mahomes Sr., Patrick Mahomes II, with the media juggernaut that is the Super Bowl upon us. So if you haven't already seen, as you may have heard, things not work out between Patrick Mahomes II's parents. The couple divorced when he was 11 back in 2006, but the family remains very close. And both Mahomeses are embracing the New York Met background as mentioned and is probably displayed on social media, Patrick II sporting his dad's jersey, and Pat Mahomes recently participated in Mets Fantasy Camp in Port St. Lucie this offseason. And maybe, just maybe, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we'll see a Mets number 23 jersey worn in the post-game celebration with pride, just as it was worn with great pride in 1999 and 2000. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Unformidable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. You can follow Amazon Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this and all of our Amazon pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you. Good luck, honorary Met alumni, Patrick Mahomes II. And as always, let's go Mets.